Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, where we try to help pastors and leaders be all that God has called them to be. Our mission truly is help churches to take their next step to an accelerated gospel movement. That's what we're about, helping churches accelerate the gospel movement. And doing so, what we're trying to do here at uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan is to forge more kingdom bridges. Because we know that unifying God's diverse people is well worth the work. We also want to strengthen leaders because they shape the culture and they do set the pace. We want to normalize sentness. That's a unique word, but that means it just should be normal that we go and do missions and share the gospel because the urgency of the gospel mission absolutely demands it. And we want to have resolute focus because it truly clarifies what we do in our actions. So thank you, thank you for being part of what God is up to here in Michigan through the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Now this morning, we have a special treat. One of my dear friends, one of the funniest, finest guys you'll ever meet. He's a great pastor, he's a great leader, Tim Steele. He has a great first name, by the way. Tim Steele, he's a lead discipleship pastor at Crosswaves Church in Roseville, Michigan. And he's the founding pastor of that church and that work. And uh, they do a lot of great things, but they have a studio there in Roseville where they uh, do most of their recording and production. And uh, they're kind of a virtual church in a way. They still come together in different times and in different settings, but uh, he's kind of found the niche to doing that kind of work and doing it well, where there's great accountability and uh, great discipleship. And I am just really impressed by what he does and how he does it. But he also does some other things that impresses me. <laughs> he gets to travel. He gets to go and see places I don't get to go. And as I joke with him all the time, he goes to these exotic, sunny places that uh, where he lays on his face before God and then turns over and makes sure his tan is even. So uh, he, he calls me periodically and just quotes and gives me a bad time. But uh, uh, Tim is a great, great pastor, a dear friend, and is doing a, a phenomenal work in ministry. He also is doing another thing that uh, we're partnering with him on, and that is helping pastors and leaders and church members experience what we uh, Jerusalem and the Holy Lands on a personal basis. So Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and and what you do and travel and and how you guys do what you do with uh, uh, what that you call shepherd sabbaticals. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, um, I love to travel. My wife and I love to travel. She, many years ago, uh, right out of college, she was on a singing group that traveled through Europe. And so she's got the bug to travel. And so we just love to travel and being on a pastor salary, we knew we couldn't travel very much. We couldn't afford it. And so we uh, started cruising and started going places and just being our nature. We'd invite people to go. And uh, after a while, we realized that our travel agent was taking us out for steak dinners all the time. 
And so uh, we got to thinking about it and we became travel agents and we have taken uh, people to Alaska, to China, uh, to South Africa, um, to Hawaii. And it's just become a love of ours of, of traveling and just taking people with us. And a couple of years ago uh, was my very first trip to Israel. And I had a professor in college say that he would rather be on, uh, he'd rather go on a mission trip than to go to Israel. And so he's never been to Israel. And I became one of those evangelical pastors that bought into that. In fact, um, research tells us only 7% of evangelical Christians have been to the uh, Holy Land or to Israel. And, and uh, the number of pastors actually going to uh, Israel is actually less than that. And so a couple of years ago, we went to Israel for our first time. And the second day we were there, my wife looked at me and said, you know, we got to come back. This is such an incredible experience and we got to take other people. And so we have actually been planning now for almost two years of going right. back with a group and COVID keeps pushing it back. And so we now have uh, in December uh, this year, uh, December 5th through the 14th, we are taking a group to Israel. And so we've only got about 20 spots left uh, on our bus, uh, but we are trying to take, uh, is, uh, anybody would like to go with us to Israel. And we're especially trying to promote pastors to go. We have found three reasons, Tim, that uh, pastors need to go. And I can honestly say this is true for me. Going to Israel will, will teach your pastor um, things that his seminary did not teach him. Right. Seminary, I don't know about you, but it didn't teach me a lot of things. When I finally got into the, to the pastorate, I'm going, uh, I didn't ever experience that in seminary. What's the deal here? Yeah. In fact, uh, uh, when they survey pastors, 84% agree with this statement. If I bought 50 books on Bible lands, they couldn't contribute what my trip to Israel has given me. And 75% agree with this statement. Geography has increased my ability to remember biblical events and the life lessons that, that I teach. Absolutely. And, and I understand that. I've always had a I don't know, maybe it's a block or a difficulty or something in seeing uh, what I'm reading biblically as far as geographically locations and those kind of things. And uh, many times I, I would just have to get maps out and put them on the walls as I was reading. And it was just it was still difficult for me to conceptualize what was going on physicality wise and what was going on in the real world and what was going on in the pages of Scripture. I just couldn't make that connection many times. And and it is difficult. Maybe other guys don't have that problem, but uh, maybe I've got a learning disability or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, th I actually think that's normal. Um, I believe uh, going to Israel will help any pastor increase his in clarity and in, in preaching. Uh, there's another statement that 86% agree with. When I include Bible lands in my communication of the Bible, my listeners tell me they understand much better what I'm teaching. Yeah. Uh, just, just seeing when it says that Jesus was praying, you know, um, uh, there in the garden and, and seeing how close that is 
to the Temple Mount and seeing how how he would have walked the path into uh, Jerusalem uh, when the uh, when the guards came and got him and took him, uh, understanding uh, just the distances between uh, standing in front of uh, uh, the different people on the on the night that he was arrested and seeing where they would keep taking him back and forth makes a whole lot more sense. Uh, most pastors, in fact, 93% of the uh, pastors who go to uh, Israel, when they come back, they now use more biblical geography and pictures and things like that in, to illustrate their teaching because it means so much more to them right. as they're telling the story. Yeah, it, it, it probably gives them a better memory of biblical events. You know, when you when you look at it and you're able to touch and feel it, I'm sure it'll give a better understanding of the text when you're looking at it and you're walking there where those events took place. And it's going to give you a better understanding of how to make application of that and give good direction to that and affect the overall level of your communication. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a, I think it's a fair assessment and uh, it sounds right to me. Let's say the person who's listening, uh, a layman or a staff member or a deacon or elder or leader, someone, how could they help send their pastor to Israel? What could they do? And uh, to make that kind of thing happen. Well, I, I think first thing they need to do is just approach others in the church, uh, approach other leaders in the church and just say, hey, you know, why, why don't we send our pastor, uh, pastor and even better, his wife, pastor and his wife together to Israel. And it could either be a fundraiser. It could be a love offering. Talk about what you can do in the church budget. Um, and then the second thing is an invite the entire congregation to help. Uh, like I said, either through a f- fundraiser, love offering, uh, send an email, a letter to everybody, right. say what you're trying to do. Right. Um, I remember years ago, our church, and we were a very small church, but we sent our pastor and we did huh. it through a love offering, sent him to Israel. And, um, what a great experience when he came back. Uh, what it does is, is when you send your pastor, first of all, I, I really do believe it's going to make him uh, a better speaker. It's just going to help him in so many different ways. But it does uh, say to him how much you care, how much you love him, how much you respect him. And um, I think the sending him, whether you make it a surprise, whether you don't make it a surprise, uh, I think the the um, the effort of you doing that would mean as much to him than than actually him going that uh, it's going to be such a great experience. But the experience of the church getting behind and going, we love you that much that we want to send you to Israel to help you in your relationship with the uh, as you walk with the Lord. Uh, I hope the clarity of your spiritual walk with God and uh just to be a better communicator of what the Bible has to say since you walked where Jesus walked. And so we are trying to encourage churches uh, to get together and say, hey, let's raise the money to send our pastor to Israel. Yeah, it says, you know, in the last two years, it has been extremely difficult for pastors. Uh, Great some point. people know that. Uh, some church members understand that, some don't. It's been the most trying time for pastors, I believe, uh, in the history of what I've been involved with in ministry. There have been so many difficulties, so many positions. One person is on 
one group of people take this position, another take this position, whether you're vaccinated or not, mask or not, open or not, go. There are just so many things, plus people uh, who've not come back to church. There have been ups and downs of enormously difficult, trying, spiritually draining time for pastors. What better gift than you could give to a pastor is a time of recreation. And when I say that word, I mean it truly as it is. Recreation means recreation. Let them get away and have a recreation of the love of God in their lives. Mm. Uh, the spiritual passion that's been pulled and drained out. And I tell many pastors, sometimes they feel like um, an Oriole has had all the goodies scraped out of the middle, you know, and we just need a refilling and a refreshing and a recreation, a good recreation time. Uh, nothing like a spiritual renewal in a pastor's life personally to make a difference in the church locally. So I, I see this would be a great, great benefit, not only as a gift in honoring your pastor for staying with it during the tough times, but also for helping the church on the other side. Because when you have a healthy pastor, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, those ways, you're going to have a much healthier church. Mm. So church, it may be a little self-serving, I would say, to send your pastor and uh, you may get the greater benefit than you would ever imagine. But I encourage you, why don't you pray about it? Pray about finding a way to get your pastor in a place where he can truly immerse himself in the things of God and biblical things, and particularly in the places where Jesus walked and where all of these things uh, took place. So I, I think it's a great opportunity, and uh, I encourage you to do so. Uh, you can, if you have any questions about it, please give us a call here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. We'd like to talk with you about it. We have information, brochures, and so forth. We can help you uh, understand a little more about it, the expenses, and how to get the process rolling. And uh, if you would like for us to help you promote it at your church, uh, feel free to call us and one of my, me or one of my staff would come and we'll talk about what uh, that benefit might be to your church. And, and, how to and you do don't that. even have to be um, as of March 1st, you don't even have to be vaccinated to mm. go to Israel. They just relax that. And so whether you're vaccinated or not, you get to go. And so we're excited about uh, that opportunity and as I said, right now, our bus has about 20 spots left. Uh, if we were no, we're not taking a bus all the way, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, you're, um, you're speaking metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> the um, our, our price includes uh, airfare, includes a great uh, breakfast, great dinner, um, I know I get joked with all the time that I'm the princess of travel, that uh, when I'm going someplace, it's going to be nice. And uh, we have uh, we've got great hotels that we're staying in and uh, we're just going to have a great time. And I and even though we're emphasizing pastors to go, uh, if you can afford it and you uh, I think it's just an incredible I, on this trip, I have several people from my church going. And I am just so excited to be able to uh, uh, walk in the, uh, the, the steps uh, where Jesus walked and be able to do that with some of the people in my church. So if, 
If you can afford to go and you're a layperson and you want to go with your pastor, uh, I know he would be excited sure. to have somebody from his church go. Hey, folks, we'll be back in just a minute uh, with our conversation. But before we get back, I want to talk a little bit about Send Network Michigan. You know, we have partnered together with our national organization, the uh, North American Mission Board and their Send Network. And we are as part of that Send Network here in Michigan. And there's many things that God's given us the opportunity to do in planting churches, helping strengthen churches, and just reach out beyond our four walls and get into the world that God has called us to reach. So if you want to know more about what it means to plant a church or to be part of planting a church and maybe supporting others that are planting churches, just contact us and say, hey, I want to know more about Send Network Michigan. And we'd love to tell you all about it. Pastor Appreciation Month is in October, usually, for our churches. And uh, wouldn't it be great if the church got together now and began promoting and developing mm -hmm. that, maybe even without the pastor knowing it, and put together a, a plan and a way to get him and his wife to Israel on this trip. And then on a Pastor Appreciation Sunday, present that to him. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about blow that pastor away. First of all, it just, he would be so, so blessed and impressed. Um, I think it'd be a great thing. Maybe you've not been able to do that in the last couple of years. Maybe you've not been able to be as expressive as you should or could have been toward your pastor and your appreciation for him. This is a great opportunity for you to do that. So I encourage you, um, think about it. Maybe this October, the best pastor's appreciation he's ever received would come from the loving, caring people of his church this year. You know, we're going in December also where um, it's a couple of weeks before the Christmas season. Obviously, the uh, uh, Jerusalem is packed over Christmas. We are going at a great time. We're going, first of all, uh, in December, you're going to have Bethlehem will be decorated for Christmas. More and more people now are starting to set their trips up. But because our trip was already set up, this year, tourism is down in Israel, but they're expecting it to rebound next year. So we're not going to have the crowds that you would normally have when you go to Israel uh, at any time uh, during uh, 22. So this is just a fantastic time to go. What are some of the things that we'll be doing when we go there, uh, Tim? I understand. Well, like we're going to cruise the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. Man, I'm looking forward to that. those kind of things. Uh, um, travel to Caesarea Philippi. Uh, of course, that's I, I, one of my favorite books in all of Scripture is the book of Philippians and uh, seeing some of the uh, area and that where all that took place. I, I remember seeing a picture of you floating in the Dead Sea. Uh, that that's that's kind of a unique experience. Yeah, we there's several things that we do uh, that most trips uh, to Israel don't do. Uh, we actually. We'll walk uh, the Western Wall Tunnel, or called the Rabbi's Tunnel. Mm -hmm. You will actually walk on some uh, uh, concrete that had, that was placed there during Solomon's reign. Uh, 
and uh, you're you're walking along the western wall of the Temple Mount, and that was a pretty cool experience. We're also going to uh, walk in Hezekiah's Tunnel, which is one of the most incredible things uh, of how that was built. Yeah, tell and, me a little bit more about that. What the, do you know? Yeah, Hezekiah's Tunnel, you, you read about that in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 32. It's an engineering feat where they dug a 1,750-foot tunnel from the Gishon Well into the Pool of Siloam. And you walk in uh, about knee-deep water, and we it's, it's just a miracle that they dug it and they met. And what they did was people would stand on, on the top. Um, it's about 10 feet below the ground, and they would pound on the ground. And people were underground digging. And how these two groups met, one dug from the, 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 the well and one dug from the Pool of Shalom, and they met. And uh, it's, there's, there's different theories on why it's S-shaped. It would have been about 40% shorter if it would have been a straight line. And there's a couple of different theories on why it's S-shaped, but uh, it's incredible that they met in the middle. And uh, without the modern stuff that we would have today to make sure if you dug from both ends of a, making a tunnel, uh, we're going to walk in that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Caesarea Philippi is um, a pretty interesting place. Um, Alexander the Great was there. Uh, it was a pagan place. Um, it's out of the way, but we drive there and it's beautiful. It's fascinating. Uh, it's where... Uh, Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? We're going to actually sit there and look into that uh, uh, water that comes out of the uh, mountainside. Swimming in the Dead Sea, as you mentioned earlier, is incredible. If you've ever swam in the ocean, uh, the salinity, the salinity, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, the salt content of the ocean is about three and a half percent. And um, uh, in the Sea of Galilee, it's 34%. And so you could do rolls in the water <laughs> with your head and, and just roll, like, like rolling on the ground. Is, it's a cool experience. We're going to go to Masada. That's, that's what I was wondering. I've always, always wanted to see Masada because it, it has such a rich history. And uh, so many things correlate to our Christian life and how we should live and the commitment and sacrifice and so forth. Wow, what an amazing place that is. Well, what happens is, is the way we've set this up, there's two things that I tell people, um, you know, Masada is not mentioned in the Bible, but it was, it was King Herod's, you know, Southern palace right. area. And so we do two things that are fascinating to me. One is, is everybody goes to the Wailing Wall when they're in Jerusalem. Everybody's got to go to the, every Christian's got to go to the Wailing Correct. Wall. Correct. Right. However, the best time to go to the Wailing Wall is the start of the Sabbath. It's a whole different experience. Yeah, I could imagine. And, and the people that are there, there's a clock that tells you right when the, the Sabbath, Sabbath begins. And so you've got all the most Orthodox Jews that have bought and paid more money to live within the, the authorized walking distance that they can walk on the Sabbath 
to the Wailing Wall. Right. And so you have the most orthodox people. And it's like a celebration. It's a party that is you're just standing there and people are happy. And, and you have you have young people there that are jumping up and down. People are excited. And then the clock strikes that it's a Sabbath. And wow, it's a fury of, of these Orthodox Jews praying. And what an incredible thing to pray at the Wailing Wall where, where uh, thousands upon thousands of people have, have prayed to God. And so we do that on Friday, uh, Friday evening. And, and I tell people, going to the Wailing Wall any other time is so different than the start of the Sabbath. But then on Saturday, Basically, Jerusalem closes down. Hmm. And if you're driving through certain parts of the Orthodox areas of right, Jews right. and you're in a vehicle, they will throw garbage at you. <laughs> so you just want to get out of town. Yeah. So what it. we do is we leave very early on, on Saturday morning and we drive out and we go to Masada and we try to be one of the very first buses uh, at Masada. And we go up to Masada, which is just an incredible thing to walk around and hear the history of Masada. And then on the way back, we stop at the Dead Sea. And we also stop uh, uh, where you can see the uh, uh, the Qumran caves. You don't actually yes. go into you them. Can't you can't get up into them. You got to climb, but yeah. you actually can see the caves and you have people tell you of what an incredible discovery the Dead Sea Scrolls were, and how that validates so much about the accuracy of uh, the Old Testament scriptures. Well, that, that's that's that would be some of the, my highlights, so to speak. Uh, a couple of those things, Masada, uh, Qumran caves, those are are really important things in, in my historical life. You know what I'm thinking about. Uh, but also, you get to go to the Temple Mount, uh, the Pool of Bethesda, uh, Bethesda. Uh, uh, there's the upper room areas. Uh, there's some other places like that in the Via Della Rosa. Uh, we hear much about that. Of course, there's been some songs that made that a very popular uh, item. Uh, so tell us a little bit. Are there a few more things that we, we could uh, look forward to in this itinerary? One of the things that's fascinating is, is, is uh, when you go to Israel, you have to be careful of... Uh, uh, like we're going to go to Jericho and, uh, and we're going to go and we're going to see a sycamore tree. And, uh, and there will be people there that will tell you, this is the tree yeah. that Zacchaeus was in. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to be careful. And what we tell you is this is a tree that was like the, the tree that Zacchaeus was in. But there is a tree there that has become very, very uh, important to the people in the Jericho and to the Jews of that area, and they protect this tree. But is it the tree that Zacchaeus was in? That would be a very, very old tree, and the chances <laughs> are probably not. So we're going to tell you those things, what is actually possible and what is not true. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, be, we'll go to Jericho. Uh we will, um, uh, another thing, for instance, where was Jesus uh, baptized by John the Baptist? No one knows for sure. And so there are several places that you can be baptized in the Jordan River. We have chosen uh, one of the most pretty spots 
Uh, what we will tell you that there is no way to know where Jesus was sure. baptized. Absolutely. But we have picked a very beautiful spot uh, to, to, if you'd like to be baptized while we're there, we would love to, to, to help you be part of a, of a baptismal ceremony in the Jordan river. Awesome. Uh, but again, again, the choice was made. Do we pick a spot? Or do we pick one of the prettiest spots? And we thought, because there is no way of knowing, we pick the prettiest spot uh, to do that. Um, we're going to be in Capernaum, and we'll actually be uh, standing in the ruins of the synagogue that we know that Jesus spoke. Um, we will actually look at the ruins of Peter's house, and we are pretty pretty sure this was actually Peter's mother-in-law's house wow. by things that they have found uh, in the archaeology there. And, uh, and so it's just, it's exciting to see history come alive. That's great. Tim, now, will there be someone who will be, uh, so to speak, guiding us and yeah. talking about these things. I know that most of the guides there have to be certified. There's, there's quite a, a stringent protocol they have to follow. Uh, is there going to be someone like that helping us? Yes, uh, we we have a Palestinian uh, Christian uh, that will be our guide. Uh, just an, a fascinating guy. Uh, what's interesting is when you go to Israel in a group tour, you have to have a certified guide. Correct. And it's amazing that you'll sometimes I've I've talking to other people that have gone. Because you have to have these guides, sometimes people will go and they'll they'll get a guide that's not even a Christian. Now, we have chosen our guide personally, but you'll get a guide who's not a Christian, and you'll be shocked at how much knowledge they have to know of Scripture Correct. because they got to pass all these tests. Um, but our guide, his name is Walid, and he is a Palestinian Christian. Uh, he has been doing this for years. Um we will hopefully actually have a small uh, time into a garden uh, right there at, in Mount Olives. And it's because of Wally's years of, of service um, that he knows the people that the, the monks that are allowed that, that help us get into the right. spot. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, having somebody like Wally is just fascinating. And what I love about him is he tells you, now nah, the, the chances are not this isn't yeah. you know like for instance that we will uh, uh there's a spot where you can go and see the uh the jar supposedly that jesus turned water into a wall <laughs> and you go seriously how do well, they you know, know it, it, how do things know? like that out there that help them sell trinkets yeah. and get people to spots and so yeah. forth and so on all right hey, listen we're kind of getting close to our, our time we're closing down uh one of the things that's important to me is uh a good bed i am i'm getting older i uh when Sabrina and I talk about roughing it, it's when the maid doesn't bring enough towels. And so we we really care about where we sleep and our accommodations, and we care about the quality and cleanliness of foods when we're in foreign countries. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that is an issue to some who would travel. You know, the, the trip is basically broken up into two segments. You have the Galilee area where we will be in uh, Tiberias and we're staying in a relatively new hotel. 
It's only a couple years old. Uh, I personally chose this hotel based on its newness and it caters to Westerners. And, uh, and so it's just a beautiful, a beautiful hotel that we'll be staying at in Tiberias. Then when we go into Jerusalem, uh, we're staying at a hotel where you can actually, uh, if you wanted to walk to uh, the Temple Mount, we're going to oh, be that close. Be nice. And uh, uh, obviously our tour groups will, we drive to everything, uh, but you, you're going to be that close that you can do that. Uh, just a beautiful uh, uh, hotel. The food uh, is, is exceptional, the breakfast and uh, the dinner. The price uh, that we're getting, the only thing that you would uh, come out of your pocket would be lunch. Uh, everything else is included. Another thing that is, that is special about our price, it's a great price, um, is that it's out of Detroit, which we're flying. Good. We mm -hmm. don't have to drive to Chicago or fly to Chicago or drive. Uh, when we went, uh, uh, we actually drove to um uh, Toronto and flew out of Toronto. Uh, we are going to fly right out of Detroit. And so that makes the price even better, uh, that, that we're just going to be out of the Detroit airport. Now, if you know somebody that wants to come along with us and they're out of another state, um, there's a price in there where they would fly to New York and fly out of New York. Okay. Well, Tim, this is going to take place December the 5th through the 14th of 2022. And uh, we're encouraging everyone and anyone to come with us who can't. Anything else you want to say before I uh, kind of close this thing up? Well, we have brochures and we also have digital brochures that we would be able to email anybody who is interested in going. Uh, we're taking deposits now, okay. $300 deposits. And like I said, we only have about 20 seats left on the bus. So we need people to hurry up to get those spots. We don't want to take more than one bus. Yeah. Uh, it just, for the logistics, it's just a lot more. Work. We got it. We got it. In other words, it's a, you can only, you can only oversee a couple of people in your life anyway, and you don't want to have more than that to handle. I know you. <laughs> That's true. Hey folks, listen, by the way, um, you might want to keep this recording. You can always download this recording uh, on our Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. Uh, if you would like to play this for your church or maybe a group of people, let's say your deacons or your elders, your leadership, uh, to try to explain this to them, uh, get a copy of this recording and uh, go ahead and play that and sit down and have a meeting where they can hear it and understand more about it. Uh, might be beneficial to you promoting this trip among your people for your pastor and wife or others within your congregation. But again, Tim Steele, thank you for being with us today. You are always a joy to be around and we appreciate what you're doing with uh, uh, Shepherd Sabbaticals and helping pastors and leaders in our great state and around the country uh, have a better immersion into the life of biblical places and get some real recreation in their life. Again, folks, thank you for joining with us today in Punching Holes in the Darkness, where God is doing great and marvelous things. Won't you join with us as we make a difference here in Michigan and beyond? God bless. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And 
If you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.